Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. going to be obvious why we are doing tonight's special edition of the howl again we have breaking news a wash bomb jimmy butler has requested a trade the three teams that have been mentioned as teams he is willing to go to and then subsequently sign an extension would be the clippers the nets and of course the knicks would be that last team um, most of that is not too surprising the reason that he is going to uh, look at those teams is because he's going to teams with max cap space teams that are going to be able to not only sign him, but hopefully in the future sign his good friend Kyrie Irving as well. Now there's obviously more to this story and you know, stuff's kind of leaking out little by little, but it sounds like at least initially Thibs is uh, balking at the idea of trading Jimmy Butler. He does want him to be here. He does want him to be a part of this and, I think a little bit of it is probably his own hubris. He's hoping, well, I can do it. I can get Jimmy Butler to agree to stay here if we just, you know, do something. Not happening, man. Reports are coming out now that it sounds like Jimmy Butler is not even going to show up next week. Media day is Monday. On top of that, you have uh, training camp starting next week. There's a lot of big stuff going on. And here you are that close to all those major events. And this is when this comes out. I mean, if you're Jimmy Butler, how do you not say something before this? If you're Tom Thibodeau, what you don't do is you don't cancel exit interviews and then never reschedule them. You meet with players that want to meet with you. Cat has had issues all offseason, and he's wanted to request a meeting. It sounds like what happened in this case is Cat finally went to Glenn Taylor, and that's why we're sitting here today. On top of that, reports are now that Cat will refuse to sign his contract unless Jimmy is gone. Now, on the surface, you might just say, well, that has a lot to do with whether it's uh, Jimmy calling out Wiggins and Towns via Instagram, whether it's all the other issues you had throughout the season. A lot of this, a lot of the issues, you know, Jimmy had in, on his previous team with the Bulls, I, I think he just rubs a lot of his teammates the wrong way. But on top of that, there's some rumors out there now that there may have been something with Jimmy Butler and Kat's girlfriend. And if that's the case... 
If I'm Towns, there's no way I play even a second with Jimmy Butler on this team. I want nothing to do with a guy that's going to stab me in the back like that. When you're on a basketball team, when you're on any sort of team with someone else, uh, you know, that's your brother. That's your guy that you want to, you're going to, to play games with. This is not just, you know, fly by the night. This is a guy you got to work day in and day out with. And if there's any truth to this rumor, there's no chance I'm playing with that guy if I'm Carl Towns. And I completely understand that. Lower than low. But again, these are rumors. There's no way to know for sure, at least at this point. But it's one of those things where there's smoke, there's fire, and there definitely seems to be something to it. So that's going to be a storyline that you definitely want to watch. You know, my personal opinion as far as this whole thing is concerned is I, I'm, you know, I'm not pleased with Jimmy Butler and how he's handled this. I mean, you, honestly, come earlier. Come to the team earlier and say, I don't want to be here. How about before the draft when we have the leverage? You know, if you're Jimmy Butler, I saw this on Twitter, and, and I think this is a valid point. Some people are pointing out maybe he does this on purpose. Maybe he waits till the last minute on purpose because what he wants is that whatever team he goes to, they have to give up as little as possible so they can still be competitive. It's, so that's a that's an interesting take, 100%, and it would not surprise me. Nothing would surprise me at this point with Jimmy Butler as far as he is concerned. You know, the, the other thing to keep in mind is there's reports now that he approached the Timberwolves and he said, look, the, the issue is I want you to pay me max money now. So instead of waiting a year... What he wanted them to do is basically get rid of pretty much every player on the roster and pay him. So give him five years, it sounds like around 160, would have been next to impossible. And I think what happened is he knew that it would be next to impossible. But by coming to the team, throwing that offer at them, he can then say, well, see, I did my part. I, I, I didn't just run away. I did my part, and I came to you guys, and I tried to make this work. Well, come on. That, that's not a real effort. That's not really going out there. In fact... You know, when he rips on Wiggins and Towns for their effort and when he rips on them for things like that, I think I, I'm going to shoot right back at him and say, that's not real effort, Jimmy. You weren't. That was, that was dealing in bad faith. You don't want to be here. And with that in mind, I think not only do we need to move on, though, from, from Jimmy, but you need to move on from, from Thibs at this point. Uh, there's talk about how Carl Towns was kind of ganged up on. He felt ganged up on by uh, Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler. Would not shock me. When you think about how people talk about Jimmy Butler almost like he's uh, the son of uh, of Tom Thibodeau, I think that's something. there's something to be said about that. So it's going to be interesting what actually happens next. But if it's true that he's, he's balking at bringing him or that trading him and Jimmy's not even going to show up, I, there's no place for either of those people in my organization. I, I've talked about this on Twitter, but I think the, the good analogy here is if you're sitting there Think about this. You're in the bathroom, and you drop, let's say you drop $20 into the urinal. Are you then going to throw $100 in the urinal just to make it worth your time? You're not. You're going to grab the $20 because it's foolish to just throw that money away. And that's what we're thinking Glenn Taylor's going to do in this scenario. He's going to say to himself, well, I know I owe Tom Thibodeau a lot of money, and I, I know I have to pay him that, but why don't we keep him one more year and then get rid of him? That way I'm not paying two coaches. If you run a multi-million dollar corporation, it's absolutely absurd to say, well, I could pay this guy to go, but why not Why not hold on to him a little longer so I don't have to pay a different CEO? Well, because the reason you don't do that is because he can devalue your company even further. If you keep Tom Thibodeau around, he could ruin this organization 
worse than he already has. I've talked about this in the past. I never wanted Tom Thibodeau here to begin with. I was a Jeff Van Gundy guy. I wanted Jeff Van Gundy because I wanted him to take Flip Saunders' vision and turn it into a reality. I wanted him to continue what had been built by Flip Saunders. And Tom Thibodeau came in and said, nope, we're burning that vision to the ground. I got my own vision. And you've seen that now. While I don't agree, and I think it's kind of stupid, this whole Timber Bulls thing, and everyone runs with it, and it's like the, you know everyone wants to say, Timber Bulls this, Timber Bulls that. There's a reason why that's out there. It's because Tom Thibodeau built this. Tom Thibodeau did this, and it's a completely different team. Now, there was a moment where I said to myself, and I, I said this on Twitter a little bit, the problem with getting rid of Tom Thibodeau is he's built a team full of players that arguably only he can get value out of. You look at some of these guys, Derrick Rose, he's been on other teams, and he hasn't played well. He's been okay at times, but he has not played as well as he has under Tom Thibodeau. Lou Aldang couldn't get minutes on the Lakers. Now, again, there's other reasons for that, but I think part of it is just the fact that maybe they, they didn't think they could get the most out of him. Taj Gibson was amazing last year. And now Taj Gibson, I think, is, the, is definitely the difference. He's gonna, I think he's going to play well no matter who the coach is. And maybe you can move on from Derrick Rose. Maybe you can move on from uh, Luol Deng. I don't know all the specifics of those things. I believe that. Well, I mean, they're both they're both min players. So I guess I take that back. Getting rid of them is is it's very small. It's not a big deal if you decide to go that route. I think if you can convince Scott Layden to stay, at least in the interim, that's that's one thing. Because I know he came here. He was a package deal. It was him and Tom Thibodeau. Um, if you can keep him, at least that gives you someone in charge that can still run things from the the GM perspective. As far as coaching is concerned, honestly, I'm not that worried about that. I am more than happy to give the reins to Ryan Saunders, and I know there's a lot of Wolves fans out there that agree with me. A lot of people think he deserves a chance, and, and his chance is going to come sooner than later. Maybe it doesn't come with the Wolves, but it's going to happen with someone. Someone is going to give him a head coaching opportunity sooner than later. I don't want to hear anyone say, oh, it's his last name. It's not his last name. A good comparison is Richard Pitino and Rick Pitino. Richard Pitino has shown he is a, not only a good recruiter, but a very good coach. And it's not just because his last name is Pitino. And Ryan Saunders is no different. For anyone that's not aware, Ryan Saunders is very respected across the league. A big reason why both Bradley Beal and John Wall became the players they are today. A lot of people credit Ryan Saunders with part of that. He was a great coach with the Wizards. He's done a really good job here. He worked with Ricky Rubio on his shooting. He works with guys individually. You'll see him sometimes in the pregame out there working with some of the players. Very well respected. Very well respected. And I think it would make a lot of sense to get rid of Tom Thibodeau as soon as possible. Make sure that whoever is in charge, whether it's Scott Layden or someone else, that they're immediately willing to get rid of Jimmy Butler and will take the best deal possible. And sorry, Jimmy. Don't really care about you in this scenario. I'm going to take the best deal possible, not just the deal from those three teams. You look at some of the other rosters. You look at the Raptors. You look at Oklahoma City with Paul George. So with the Raptors, you had Kawhi Leonard. Teams are willing to make trades even though they don't have assurances that they're going to be able to keep that player. Because, they, again, we go back to hubris. And these guys, these GMs or these coaches say, I'm going to convince that guy to stay here. And if you look at Paul George, it worked. That was a guy that was intent on going to play for the Lakers, and he and they were able to convince him to stay in Oklahoma City. So is it possible that someone could convince Jimmy Butler to stay if, if we trade him to a different team? Maybe it's the Heat. That's been another team that's been out there. I think it's very possible. So 
best deal out there is who I'm trading to. And I'm not going to limit myself to those three teams. Now, let's let's springboard off that just a little bit. If we do look at those three teams, there's definitely a number of different options that I think are viable deals. If you're looking at the Knicks, now I, I know there's been some reports the Knicks are not looking to do that. They, they if I And I would say that of all the teams mentioned, the Knicks are probably the least likely team that we deal with. And that's something to consider. Now, on top of that, if you look at those other two teams, the Clippers, I think the Clippers are the first team I approach because I think you can really have a nice deal. You get Shy Gilgis Alexander is the first option. You grab Harris is the other guy that you want to look to grab. And I think that's a viable trade. You trade them to, you trade with the Clippers, so you trade Jimmy to them. You pick up Harris. You pick up Shy Gilgis Alexander. And I think that's a pretty solid squad. They're still going to have the room to sign Kyrie Irving next offseason. So they do have those options. And we get two nice pieces. What I love about this trade is you get Shy Gilgis Alexander, a very solid point guard, can probably play a little off ball. You have Harris, which I think is a is a very nice pickup if you can get him. For anyone that that isn't aware, obviously, he makes a decent amount of money, and that's why this trade works. And Harris is obviously a veteran. He's a more solidified player. So you're getting a nice veteran that can help you right away. You can put him at the three, move Wiggins to the two. And I think that really is a, it's still a pretty solid starting lineup. And no questions asked. Now you have Shy Gilgis Alexander, who's going to be your rookie. He'd be your, probably your third string guy. He's probably not going to play a lot in year one. You could have him in the G League a bit. And then, you know, when Teague leaves, and, and I think at this point you're hoping he declines that player option, although I don't know how likely that is. You then have Tyus Jones and you have Shy Gilgis Alexander as your two mainstays at the point guard position. So I think you do have some options. It's not just out of the realm of possibilities to make this work and make this still a, a semi-successful season. But it all starts with getting rid of Tom Thibodeau and it starts with getting rid of Jimmy Butler. You can move on from there and you can make decisions off of that, but it all starts there. Now, that's just the Clippers organization. Take a look at the other two teams that we've talked about. Uh, I think the next in line would be the Nets. The Nets have one thing in particular that I think we need to look at, and that's D'Angelo Russell, a really good friend of Carl Towns. And part of what you want to do in this process is you want to make people understand that Carl Towns is the face of the franchise. It's not Andrew Wiggins. It's obviously not Jimmy Butler because he'll be gone in this scenario. It's, it's definitely Carl Towns. And what way to make him feel better about this opportunity? You bring in D'Angelo Russell. You eventually re-sign D'Angelo Russell, one of his good friends. So I think if you're going with the Nets option, I love that option. I, I, I'm, I've never been a big fan of D'Angelo Russell, but in this case, I'm one of his biggest fans. I think you can get a lot of value there. Uh, on top of that, Damari Carroll would be the other guy you'd have to take on most likely in a, in a trade in terms of salary. A guy I would love to get from them if possible would be Zanin Musa. Zanin Musa, anyone that listens to this show consistently, was one of my favorite players out of this draft. I really loved his value. I really love his upside. Definitely has a lower floor. Maybe he's not going to contribute right away, but he's someone that I want to keep my eye on in a trade with the Nets. Move on to the Knicks. This now... On Twitter, I made the mistake of throwing out some op- some offers. You know, I, I, I did what most people do. I jumped to the ESPN trade machine, and people were really upset. Now, again, this wasn't even like I was saying, this is the offer we're taking. 
But but something that I threw out there was Frank Nilakina, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., and then Kevin Knox. And wow, the the Knicks and the Kevin Knox supporters were all on top of me saying, "We're not doing that. Why would we ever consider that?" Well, that's fine. Don't consider it. But here's the deal: I don't want I don't want uh, Tim Hardaway. I want nothing to do with Tim Hardaway in that contract. He's not worth it. He's vastly overpaid. So here's the deal. He's only being included for money. So if you look at it, is Frank Nilakina worth Jimmy Butler? He's not. Now, if you if you look at it this way, we're going to take Tim Hardaway Jr. from off your hands. To offset that, we're going to take Frank Nilakina. Now, we're giving you Jimmy Butler. We still need something in return. And Kevin Knox would be that guy. Now, again, I don't think this is realistic. I really don't. The other guy on the Knicks that people have talked about, and I know he wants out is my understanding, and that's Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee wants out. If Courtney Lee wants out and they say he wants to go to a contender, don't trade him here. Don't take him here because we're not a contender. With Jimmy, we're still not a contender. We're a much better team. We're going to be one of probably the top five teams in the West. If there weren't all these other issues, there's lots of issues, but just on paper, just player's sake, we're a very good team with Jimmy, but... That's all out the door now. And so that needs to be taken into account. That's something that needs to be taken into account when you're making a trade with the Knicks. So those are the options if you go off of those, just those three teams. So it's definitely a lot to take in. I do wonder how quickly stuff starts to unfold. There's a lot of question marks out there. But again, for me, I move on from Thibs. I move on from Jimmy. As soon as possible, because we need to keep this franchise afloat. We got to get them going back in the right direction again. And Tom Thibodeau is not the answer. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner we can right this ship and get going in the correct direction. Now, off of those trades, we're jumping into one thing we love to do, and that's 2K simulations. We're going to take a look at some of our options with Jimmy Butler. Now, we already did that in a recent episode that we did when the initial news came out of the meeting. But now with the actual reports that it's happening, that he's demanded that trade, I think it's a good opportunity for us to look at the specifics, those three specific teams, and kind of go from there. Off to a little bit of a rough start with this trade simulation. We started with the Clippers, tried to get Tobias Harris and Shai Gilgis-Alexander, wouldn't budge. 2K basically has Shai Gilgis-Alexander, for the most part, as untouchable. Moved on to the Nets. Talk about untouchable. Same kind of thing. We were not able to get a deal for D'Angelo Russell. Moving on to the Knicks, they wanted Jimmy Butler and a first-round pick to send us Frank Nilakina and Tim Hardaway Jr., all of which are awful trades. So we did go with Tobias Harris and Patrick Beverly. I find something about that interesting. I really don't like Patrick Beverly, but I think Tobias Harris is a player that is interesting, and I think he could be a guy that would be a part of this deal. So it makes a lot of sense, so we went that route. Now, unfortunately, because we are starting in the during this season, I can't get rid of Tom Thibodeau. I can, however, get rid of most of his players, which is exactly what I'm going to do. So if we go to the roster, guys such as Derrick Rose, he gone. You have Luol Deng, he's gone. Because I don't want these guys on this roster. I got no time for them. I will take Taj Gibson and keep him because I think he's going to be pretty important. A player I would love to be able to move on from is Jeff Teague. 
So we're going to see uh, what kind of deals we can get for Jeff Teague. Looking at the trade finder, there's definitely a number of deals for Jeff Teague. Generally, he holds pretty good value in the game. And I think across the league, I do think he probably holds more value than people realize. But at the same time, you're not getting a, you know some amazing deal for him. So we'll take a look and see what teams are offering. Looking at, it's not a lot of great stuff. But again, part of this is we're just trying to move on. So uh, we were offered Buddy Heald uh, for Jeff Teague. That's very intriguing. Uh, we get Tim Hardaway Jr., just him alone for Jeff Teague, which is a terrible trade. Uh, we could get hmm, Evan Fournier. We can get Emil Jefferson back if we give Teague in a second-round pick, which I don't hate. It's not bad, although Evan Fournier makes a lot of money. That's the downside there. Uh, if we give a first-round pick, we can get Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris. No, thank you. We could get Langston Galway and Ish Smith. Eh. Uh, if we include a second-round pick, we can get Serge Ibaka and Lorenzo Brown. I don't, I don't know how realistic that is. We're trying to keep this at least semi-realistic if we can. There's not a lot of great offers here. Um, Andre Iguodala in a first from the Warriors for Jeff Teague in a second, which I don't hate. I, again, although this goes back to I don't know how realistic that is. Looking, not a lot of great, not a lot of great offers. Avery Bradley and Jonathan Motley from the Clippers. Again, I don't know how I don't know how realistic that is that we're that that a deal like that's going to get done. I think we're going to we'll just go with Buddy Heald. So Jeff Teague for Buddy Heald. Uh, Stranger Things, right? Maybe the Kings decide to move on from Buddy. I know their owner's a big fan of him, so I don't know if that happens, but at least that's an interesting uh move we can make. So with that in mind, now we'll go to free agency. It's a good idea to take a look and see what kind of players are actually still available. Now obviously we cut a few guys, but I'm interested to see who we could pick up that could be Maybe a nice, uh, you know, end-of-the-bench type guy. So we have uh, Kobe Simmons. Kobe Simmons actually gets pretty good in this game. He'd be an interesting player to bring in on a two-way deal if we can. He does. So he accepts our second two-way deal. We do have C.J. Williams already as a two-way deal. Again, we talk all the time about how accurate 2K is, and I think that's pretty good. So we brought him in as a two-way player. Let's take a look at the actual roster as is. We can get an idea of you know, where we actually have needs. So we have Carl Towns, Tobias Harris, Andrew Wiggins, Buddy Heald, Patrick Beverly, Taj Gibson, Gorgie Jang, Tyus Jones. Now, again, would I love to trade Gorgie Jang? I would. But I don't think there's much of a market for him. And I do actually think he's going to have a bounce back year. I think once Jimmy gets off this roster, I actually think there's a lot of things that improve. Same with Tom Thibodeau. If you can get rid of Tom Thibodeau, I think a lot of things on this roster improve. So there's definitely some things to like. And I will say, as much as I dislike a lot of the things Tom Thibodeau's done, I think he actually crushed this offseason for the most part. So, yeah, you know, we've got a lot of positions of need, but, you well, not even a lot of positions of need. So looking at how many players we have, we have one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen players so far. So we just need two more to get to 15. And heck, we can just have, if we just got one more, we'd be fine. Just because you don't need to have 15 players. So I think if we grab one more player that maybe has a little bit of position flexibility, that wouldn't be the worst thing. So we could get Minnesota's own Rashad Vaughn. It's kind of interesting. 
Uh, DJ Wilson intrigues me a little bit as far as players are concerned. You have Jawan Evans, but we I don't I don't really feel we need a point guard. A small forward wouldn't be bad. There's a player named Jake Bush. Oof, 59 overall is not going to cut it. We're trying to get some young pieces or younger players if we can. Although we've got a pretty young roster already, so if we can maybe bring in a guy that's really good at something. So we already have a really good three point. We've already got some really good three point shooters. Maybe if we could get a nice perimeter defense guy. You know, a guy we've, we've done. We use this a lot in scenarios, but I think he makes a lot of sense. I'm going to bring in Tony Allen as an end-of-the-bench guy. I think I like what he brings to the table. A one-year min deal. There's nothing wrong with that. So that's our roster. We're going to go ahead and uh, run the simulation now. Take a look and see how the Wolves can do. We'll actually go through as we normally do the just before the All-Star break, take a look and see how the team's doing, and then go from there in this first scenario. All right, so at the time that this happened, I will say the Wolves were 24-26. and 26. Uh, They were playing pretty solid. But you get to that point, so just right around the beginning of February, and, uh, and there's not much the Wolves can do in this scenario, but Tobias Harris actually broke his neck, and I'm not kidding. Cracked neck vertebrae out two to four months. So I would say pretty successful trade before he broke his neck. Now we are going to continue this trade uh, scenario here and finish out the season and then jump to trade scenario number two. But as far as uh, I am concerned, this is a pretty good start to the Tobias Harris trade option. So we'll finish out the rest of the season, come back to you there. But again, 24 and 26, right around 500, were, were starting to surge a little better. So they started off very slowly, had a lot of losses to start, and a lot of that was chemistry issues, which this close to the season, that's going to happen. Once the team really got familiar with themselves, played at a pretty high level. So that is something to keep in mind for the rest of this simulation. Towards the end of the season, adding injury to injury, Buddy Hill did break his finger, and he was out six to eight weeks. So, But we did finish pretty strong, actually. 39 and 43, Missing one of your best players for most of the, for a large portion of the season, missing Buddy Heald for a large portion of the season, amongst just kind of your other standard injuries, and I would say not too shabby. Uh, so looking at the superlatives, most valuable player was Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, no surprises there. Tyreek Evans is your sixth man, defensive player of the year, Giannis. Most improved is Montrez, and Nick Nurse is coach of the year. Looking at the All-NBA teams, Wolves do not have anyone making the All-NBA roster. So, looking at the playoffs, we didn't miss it by much. I mean, you're sitting at 39-43. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. The team that we were right behind, by the way, was the Nuggets, who finished in the 8th seed. 42-40, and 40, so we were only three games back from missing the playoffs. Pretty good, all things considered. So... Now we're going to jump to scenario number two. So scenario number two, we're going to take a look at the Brooklyn Nets would be the next team that we're going to take a look at. So if we go to the Brooklyn Nets, again, we talked about how we definitely had some issues. They were not willing to trade us D'Angelo Russell, which to me, it's, it's almost a non-starting point. Like if we're not getting Russell, what are we even doing here? But... It's the, kind of what they're looking at. I'm going to see if we can convince them otherwise. If we can convince them to trade us Russell, I really like the way this franchise would be moving. You have Carl Towns, good friend. You have a guy that's still young. He's 22 years of age. You definitely have some good options in terms of building blocks. And if you're big three, uh, you know, young big three, you're, what you're looking at is Towns, Wiggins, and D'Angelo Russell. I mean, you could do worse. 
That's a good start at least. And D'Angelo Russell, the nice thing about him is he's not looking to get a max deal. I mean, I take that back. He might be looking to get a max deal, but he's not getting a max deal. So we have some options there as well. So looking at the trading trade finder here, we will shuffle to the New Jersey Nets. We'll see what we can do. I think we've got some options as far as trying to find a way to get D'Angelo Russell. Now, if you just use the trade finder as is, they do say no. So they say, nah, you know, we're not we're not looking to move on from him. So you're going to have to go in there and actually make a deal for him that that they can consider. So it's not it's a little more to it than that. So if we start with if we start with Spencer Dinwiddie, so if we start with D'Angelo Russell and Jimmy Butler kind of as your base, I'm interested to see if they would take uh, something close to that. Now, again, the financials don't work. You do need to have more than just those two players. So they say, oh, we like what we have if you take D'Angelo Russell and Damari Carroll. So it's going to take more than that from us. I wonder, can we convince you to – nope, nope, too much. I was like, can we convince you to take a Jeff Teague? <laughs> we cannot, unfortunately. What about picks? I would be interested if they would take maybe some second-round picks could get us – to where we want as far as this trade is concerned. I do think that's pretty crazy because you're talking about a team that is likely going to get not only Jimmy Butler, but you could hopefully get Kyrie Irving as well. So Jimmy Butler in three second-round picks doesn't get the job done. So Tamari Carroll is probably the place we have to start. I wonder if they would consider if we looked at maybe a, a like an unprotected pick Damari Carroll, and maybe if we went down the list, maybe we could grab a guy like maybe Karis LeVert. If we get Karis LeVert, that wouldn't be too shabby. And maybe maybe Zana Musa. Zana Musa's my guy. So if there was a way to do that, I'd be very pleased. If we add on to so looking at the players that we have currently, there's got to be a way. Maybe we could include Derrick Rose in this deal. So the, what we're going to offer them is Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose for Damari Carroll, an unfur, unprotected first-round pick, Karis LeVert, and Zanin Musa. So far, they have said no. I wonder if we include some second-round picks, if we can maybe get this job done. Maybe go to players. So maybe there's a player on this team that could push it over the edge. Maybe Luol Deng? Luol Deng, maybe? I Nope, unfortunately, that's a no-go as well. Adding another second-round pick. Ah, they're just not having it. I think there's a way to get this done, though. I think there's a way to move some of these players where they're still willing to say yes. So if we take off Karis LeVert, they still say no, unfortunately. If we remove Derrick Rose, man, these guys are tough nuts to crack. If we just did... Man, Damari Carroll, I think, has got to be there, unfortunately. I don't know what it's going to take to get them to say yes. If we could just do Karis LeVert. So Karis LeVert, a first-round pick, Damari Carroll. Man, they are just not budging. This has been tough. We're going to go ahead and take a look and see what we can offer. We'll find a way to get a trade to go through without having to turn off uh, trade logic, and we'll go from there. All right, so the trade we finally agreed to is not uh, it's not ideal. It's actually far from ideal. We took so Damari Carroll, Karis LeVert, Alan Crabb and Zanin Musa for Jimmy Butler, Jeff Teague, and Justin Patton. So it's not ideal, 
but it's interesting. And that's what we're going for here on the how. We're going for interesting. So we're going to simulate through this season, take a look at how this simulation goes as far as the Wolves are concerned, and go from there. We'll see how successful we can be with this trade scenario. We did still move on from Luol Deng as well as Derek Rose. We did actually pick up a couple free agents. Again, we picked up Tony Allen, and we also picked up Dakari Johnson to round out the roster since we did lose Justin Patton. And again, Justin Patton's probably not going to play this year. Maybe he plays at some point, but he's not going to be someone that's really going to help out much. So not the end of the world to move on from him in this trade simulation. In this trade scenario, Carl Towns actually plays better. Uh, the team, unfortunately, does not play better. 35-47 and 47 is the record. No real serious injuries like we had in the first one. Now, reports have actually come out now since we started this show that Jimmy Butler's number one preferred destination is the Clippers. And so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, of the simulations we did, I think the Clippers do end up being the best case scenario. But if I'm the Wolves, I hold out. I want Tobias Harris and I want Shy Gilgis-Alexander. And that's what's going to get the deal done for me. Or... Tobias Harris, maybe we look at picks. I mean, there's definitely some options. Tobias Harris is your starting point, and then you add in the other stuff. Jimmy Butler is a much better player than Tobias Harris, so it's definitely not a straight-up deal. But I think time will tell in this one. I will not be shocked if Jimmy Butler is gone before Monday when we have media day because I don't think he's coming back here. And here's the deal. Minnesota doesn't want Jimmy Butler. At least we don't as far as fans and media are concerned. And he doesn't want to be here. So let him stay in LA. You can go to the Clippers. Let's get a deal done this weekend. I implore you, Tom Thibodeau or Glenn Taylor. I more importantly implore you get rid of them both. Again, this has this has been a special edition of the howl. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you leave us a rating and a review. Now, again, this week's keyword is great. The keyword is great. And you want to enter that in to a review on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe again. And the keyword is great. You leave that in the rating, and then you have a chance to win a copy of 2K19 for Xbox One or PS4. So thanks again for listening. And until next time, let me get a howl.